I want to get our listeners' thoughts on this. Uh, the New York Yankees, and you're going to see this with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, uh, but the New York Yankees are getting $25 million a year for their jersey patch sponsorship. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm great with sports marketing. We sell sports marketing sponsorships, right? To Tito's, Ag Up Equipment, Rick's Pro Truck, Farm Bureau, Bank Plus, Miskelly Sleep Store. Y'all get the drill. That's what we do. We sell sports marketing sponsorships that end up being brand ambassador proposals. Southern Ag Credit. Um, how do you feel about that, though? I mean, you see it everywhere. That's fine. The only place that I've been... I was lucky enough, a good friend of mine took me to, I've told you this story, Augusta National and the Masters. And that's the only place I've ever been, sporting event-wise, where you don't have all kinds of digital boards, chalets, banners, you name it, um, in arenas and stadiums and so on. I mean, I was just in... Where did I go to see Kid Rock? Bridgestone Arena. Bridgestone pays for those naming rights. Um, what do you? How do you feel about a patch, a jersey patch sponsorship? I mean, Mississippi State and Ole Miss aren't going to get twenty-five million a year. I recognize that because the New York Yankees are a big brand. They're one of the biggest brands in North American sports, right? Cowboys, number one, several other NFL franchises. Then you start talking Yankees, Lakers, Dodgers, and so on. But how do you feel about that? Now, one thing, what? it's funny the sport that went crazy a couple, what, two, three decades ago, or if not more? NASCAR. Have you ever seen so many patches on people? I'll never forget when I, I did the show from Talladega. It's a long time ago. I think I was actually a young man. <laughs> but I did the show from Talladega in 2004. Um, and I was just getting in the business. You know, I, I'd gotten a grad degree in sport management. Not that that meant, well, actually I had three really good professors that understood the fundraising, the marketing sponsorships, and that whole piece of the puzzle. So they hammered that home in the curriculum, thank goodness, right? But I just started Sports Talk Radio um, in the fall of 03. So we're still new. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not in a – not even a big company. I'm not even a company where I can get any training. So I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. And I go to Talladega in April, and this was one of the aha moments for me. 2004, in the Sunbelt, sports talk radio is still in neophyte stage. As y'all know, if you listen to me back then, and some would say even today, but I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to set up a show. I didn't know how to sell really at the level that we do sports marketing sponsorships, brand ambassador proposals, all that. And I go to Talladega, and I actually had... And, and I wasn't even really fired up about going. But our biggest partner at the time was gung-ho NASCAR and had been to Talladega like 20 times. 
And they had access. Well, I had even more. Who knew? Here I am, a little bitty sports talk radio show on an AM station that literally you had to be in the parking lot to pick up. And But I sent off. This was back when we didn't have 97,000 media that are all trying to get credentialed. And so I got a full access to Talladega in the pits, in the infield. I mean, like Crown Royal was set up in this VIP area. And we had access to that. We had more access than they did. And God knows what they were paying in 2004 at the Haida Dega. The bubble would bust in 08, but I'm not going down that lane. Here's my point about patches on the jersey and where I'm going with sports marketing. So you see it everywhere. You go into Mississippi State and Ole Miss, you see all the different digital boards and signs and all that stuff, right? All right. I think it's one of the worst buys in sports marketing in Mississippi, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. So um, I go there, and on Friday I do the show from Talladega. Right outside the stadium there's this museum. They put me there. And then we go out and we kind of walk through the whole party grounds. I mean, these people are, it's a different element. I mean, these people party. I've been to Mardi Gras. And it's a it's a Mardi Gras with a little bit of salt and vinegar. So we do that. And I mean, it's an eye-opener. And I've, I've, I felt like I'd almost seen it all. And then the next day, we come in for the Bush race. At that time, it's the Bush race on Saturday. And I couldn't believe it. It wasn't even the big race. This is the Bush race, the Bush series race. And so we walk around, and we do that thing, and people get excited, and they race. And it's it's cool. I mean, when you get there at a race like that, and you hear those cars, and you see how they haul tail, that's, that's really something and when you're in the infield and you can reach out and touch the drivers that's cool and you see the 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 back because it's like coaching you know when when you when you hear an offensive coordinator yelling at a quarterback in an nfl game or getting hot and intense and you know they're having a very they're in the heat of the battle that's what's going on in the nascar races when you're in the pits um, when they pull in to get serviced or when they're just communicating with them throughout the race. Y'all know that. Well, the next, so we spend the night again, the next morning we get up for the big Talladega race. And I don't give a damn about NASCAR, okay? But as the weekend unfolded, I really got to see the grassroots of sports marketing. And I finally had my aha moment. So I like to, y'all know this, I like to roam around. I watch people. It's what I do for a living. I observe. And I'm very, 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 very curious. And about, I don't know what time we got out there, but let's just say it was 10 a.m.-ish. We got our coolers, a beer, da-da-da. Everybody's got a cooler. It's the craziest thing I've ever experienced. And all of a sudden, we get into the merch tent areas of Talladega. And that's when... I understood the power of merch and sports marketing sponsorships. I have never to this day, other than Augusta National, but but different. I mean, wasn't that many people. I mean, there's a lot of people 
on a Friday round at, at Augusta. But Sunday morning, Talladega in April, and I sat there and watched people stand in line and spend their hard-earned money, their vacation money, and their Christmas money buying 10, 20, 30 items of their favorite NASCAR driver. And that's when I realized, holy smoke, sports marketing, merch, this thing is crazy, which takes me back to patches on a jersey. And you all know what NASCAR has been doing forever. Those guys have like 75 patches on their kind of uniform, whatever it is they wear, outfit, plus everything that they have on their cars. Now, granted, they had to do all that to generate that much money. The NFL doesn't have to do that. And y'all, y'all know that. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Jason, or Josh Allen or Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak Prescott's made, what, $400, $500 million? You know, Dak doesn't have to have uh, five patches on his jersey. Let's just say eventually the player's on their jersey. He doesn't have to have that. But like PGA, they don't have as many as NASCAR, but good grief. They've got something on the, on the right sleeve of their golf shirt. They've got something on the left chest. They've got something on their hat, and they may have some other. I mean, they're, they're trying to pick up as much dough as they can. Same thing in NASCAR. So my question is, how do you feel about the New York Yankees doing a deal and basically selling real estate on their jerseys for $25 million a year? I'd like to hear from you on the Ag Up Equipment John Deere Tractor text line, 601-885-3776. Do you agree that... Isn't it crazy that a rustic and rural sport like NASCAR was really one of the first to sell everything they had? I mean, they sold all the real estate they had. You know a sport that I'm surprised hasn't sold as much as tennis? Yeah. No, I'm, I would sell more. Now, tennis at... has totally missed the boat. John Feinstein, one of the best sports writers ever. It doesn't matter. I mean, ever. He's brilliant. I don't agree with everything anyway but john feinstein is brilliant and he wrote a book 101 and in the book he talks about how tennis coming out of the McEnroe and um lindell and well even going back to arthur ash and billy jean king but you know going through chrissy everett and and navratilova and up into boris becker and um, kind of right before, well, Agassi and right before Sampras. But anyway, he talks about how tennis totally missed the boat on marketing their sport, and they did. It's really phenomenal because tennis was huge. Well, it was pretty damn big when I was growing up. I mean, Connors, um, you know, Lindell, and McEnroe, and... Chrissy Everett, Navratilova, and da 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 da, and then you know, and, and they had it. They had a nice niche that they had carved out. They've totally missed the boat on sports marketing, um, and, and you know that takes me back. I'll, I'll get back to the Yankees and the patch and the real estate and how you feel about it. Of course, I don't know. Can people really push back on that? I mean, Bill Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. Brooks Kepka, they've all sold, you know, the real estate on their cool golf shirts and hats. But anyway, here's the point. We, 
Boy, tennis has dropped the ball. Golly. <laughs> okay, back to the Yankees. What do you think? Jason, how do you like it? Are you okay if they sell their their jersey for 25 their jerseys for 25 million a year? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm looking at the NASCAR prices and just yeah. one logo on one of the NASCAR uniforms is between 2 to 5 million. So, it mm. depends on if it's on the uniform or if it's on the car or where it is on the car, but 25 million for probably the most notable sports team in American history. I honestly think that's a good deal, you know? Like that's I feel like they're getting lowballed. Yeah, a I don't know bit. about the RO. I'd love to know yeah, it would depend on the driver. Uh, you know, Formula One is taking over. Uh, they figured it out. NASCAR is actually trending the wrong way. They're trying to figure it out. Um, you know, they got smoked in two. They they expanded too fast in the mid ninety when the economy started roaring big time, coming out of the I guess ninety one ninety two recession, and really kicked in like crazy. For about eight or nine years, you had the tech bubble in '01, uh, but it still roared for a lot of people up until '08. NASCAR boomed, expanded too fast, and and got absolutely smoked. You see, when I went in 2004, I mean that that was that was peak. I mean they were rolling. Celebrities, you know, celebrities like to get in, and then as soon as there's a disruption, they're out. But I actually think Formula One's going to be able to hold. All the celebrities. Now, Formula One, I'll tell you this, man. Their top four to six sponsors are so strong. And I know we like to talk about globalization. But when I tell you Formula Formula One is global, and when, when you have that level of partnerships, I don't think they're going anywhere. But growth, 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 growth. So... I think they're here to stay. I think they've they beat NASCAR. They're going to continue to beat NASCAR, and we'll see how. I thought Dale Earnhardt Jr. did a a he, he is, you know, he comes off as being a redneck, right? And but man, that guy's smart. You know, it's a lot of country boys in Mississippi who are whip smart and will run companies. And you better be careful because those guys know what you know. They may come off as you don't think they're that smart, and they're whip smart in the Sun Belt, lots of those type people. But Dale Earnhardt Jr. was on Dan Patrick two weeks ago talking about NASCAR being disrupted and Formula One. And I thought he made some great points. They're really looking at everything. They're going to have to kind of totally disrupt themselves and find a new model to continue to compete because Formula One is, is here to stay. And that's another one, Jason, that they've sold all their real estate. Um, and that takes me back to the New York Yankees selling their jersey for $25 million a year. It's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. PGA Golf's done it. Tennis has not. Which takes me to, is tennis going to be owned by the Pith? I think so. Don't you? Don't you get the sense that the Saudis are looking at this and they're like, okay, we already own golf. We're in the NFL. We're going to own the NBA. We're going to... We're going to own some of Major League Baseball. We're already in Formula One. And we want to become more Americanized. And it drives us crazy, some of the other Middle Eastern countries that are benefiting from global tourism, especially American and European. And I guess Asian. 
but tourism. So when you tie all that together, I would have to believe that the PIF fund is going to buy pro tennis. Yeah. You know, it, it's been it's been borderline broke for years. And if the PGA wasn't sustainable, then I don't I don't see how the fund's not going to eventually buy tennis. And t- and it's played, they have tournaments there. It's all over the Middle East. It's all over Europe. Obviously, it's here and everywhere else. But if anybody could reboot pro tennis, I, I, it would be it would be the public investment fund. I, I just think if anybody could do it, it would be them. Now, Ready Teddy makes a great point on our Ag Up Equipment text line. We're talking sports marketing. New York Yankees selling a patch on their jersey for twenty five million a year. Some people don't like it. Some people do. The only sporting event that I've ever been to where you do not see sports marketing, digital banners, or regular banners, or chalets, or otherwise, is Augusta National. But it's a unicorn. It's an outlier. Everything out. I don't care if you go to a travel ball tournament this weekend, like Red Bull sponsoring it, or Gatorade, or, you know, whatever the next thing is, body armor. Um, it, it doesn't matter. High school sponsorships um, are are doing that. I mean, you're talking about 400 people in the stands. Um, so tennis is a head scratcher. I think the pit fund buys tennis. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Core Cryotherapy and Wellness. Now, you're going into the weekend. You want to boost that immune system. You want to get some cryotherapy, which only takes three minutes. It's amazing. It's cold, but it's awesome. It makes you feel great. Um, It's the cryotherapy chamber that you step into. It's really, really cool at core cryotherapy. So we're talking about boosting the immune system. Also, they've got the IV therapies. And basically, they have a menu like a dozen, from a dozen that you can pick, depending on what you want. Make you feel better, hydrate, it's hot. Plus, you want to boost your immune system at core cryotherapy and wellness in the township across from Sombra. I want to get back into our giveaway, too. And that is a $50 gift certificate. Sal and Mookie's has really good french fries. Um, a $50 gift certificate to either Bravo, Sal and Mookie's, all in Jackson or Broad Street. I'd like to hear from you where... Where you like to go to get the best French fries and mac and cheese? It's it's National French Fry and Mac and Cheese Day. Where do you go to get the best fries and the best mac and cheese? One of the places is one of our awesome partners, Two Brothers Smoked Meats in Starville, Mississippi. Amazing mac and cheese. Do a great job. And then they've got an appetizer with some fries that is to die for. There's plenty of other spots you guys weigh in via the text line. That's how you enter. You could win the $50 gift certificate to Sound Mookie's in Jackson, Bravo, or Broad Street. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're streaming live on thezone1059.com. And the Out of Bounds radio app. Transfer portal continuing to heat up for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Uh, I know about Braden Montgomery, young man out of Madison Central, went to Stanford. He's in the portal. What will he do? 
Uh, some people nervous that the Burns kid decided, I think, to go to Wake Forest. And what does that mean? Are they a package deal? I know that Mississippi State is in on Braden and that there's some ties there between Hunter Hines and Ross Highfield, who are both coming back to Mississippi State. Hunter Hines has had a, a super year in the Cape. Ross Highfield was having a really good year in the Cape. Um, he's coming back, from what I've heard, to rest a little bit for the rest of it, which I think is a smart move. I mean, that, that guy got thrown into the fire. I mean, the wear and tear of eventually starting as a catcher, as a true freshman, I'd rather Ross, hey, get that body right, work out a lot, eat a lot of protein, and then get ready for fall ball. He doesn't have anything else to prove. He's going to be the catcher. He's going to be one of the best in the country. That's going to be a big deal. But Hunter Hines and Ross Highfield both played at Madison Central. If y'all remember, and I think I have this right, it was their junior year. No, there's a year apart. Maybe Ross Highfield's junior year and Hunter Hines' senior year that Madison Central won the national championship in baseball. I think that's right. And what I mean by that is they won the state championship and they were ranked number one in either USA Today or one of the national high school baseball polls. Y'all can either confirm or correct me on the agup.com text line, 601-885-3776, You So you're monitoring the Braden-Montgomery deal, transfer portal, Adam Madison Central, has had a good career at Stanford. Now he's in the portal. Where will he go? And then dogs and rebs are both hunting legitimate dudes on the mound. And we'll see how that looks. Lamonis is on the hot seat. Bianco is on the warm seat. And really, other than about a four-week stretch, Bianco's lived on the warm seat for about six years. It's really incredible. All the guy's done is win. Lived in regionals, for the most part, super regionals. Punched his ticket 13 years into the College World Series in 2014. Goes six or seven years without going back. And then wins it in 22. Has a bad year this past year, and we'll see what the future holds. Now, Ole Miss took, I mean, I know they recruit well. They took a hit in the draft. And it's not just Jacob Gonzalez and Kemp Alderman. It's others. I saw where uh, Chatagnier will be at TCU. And McCants decided to go to the University of Alabama. We'll see. We'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on them going forward. Right? The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Went McGee, Mortgage Man, MortgageManMS.com. He'll shop the best rates for you. Went McGee. MortgageManMS.com And Ben Bush. Ben Bush, Went McGee, MortgageManMS.com Got to get qualified in this market. They'll shop the best rates for you. Day Bar 2 at 930 on College Football. 